1: What I guess we've got this week is an absolute hump. Look at him, Ramon Vega. How are you, big man? Hello, mate. How are you? You are right. right? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm very delighted to get you on. I told you. Spoke to loads of Celtic fans this week. I told them that you, I was doing you. And everyone remembers you fondly. One, for being so handsome. And two, <laughs> three,
2: three medals in six months. <laughs> Listen, that's why i got the green shirt already on, mate. You know? Celtic. You know what I mean? Always in my heart. Always in my heart. I always oh, so are you still a Celtic fan, big man? Huh? Still a Celtic fan? Of course I follow them. Absolutely. You know, listen, you can't play with them not follow them. And you can't play and win for them and not follow them either. And you can't play and win for them three trophies and not follow them <laughs> either. So i got a hat trick. I have to follow up. It's a must. It's a must, mate. It's a must. Big man, oh, you absolutely strolled it up here, didn't you, Cigar? Big ones, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Six months, three trophies. What can you do, mate? I'd love to stay longer, but it is another story, you know. Yeah, we'll come to that. I need, I
1: need to ask you as well because not just a pretty face, mate, but I've got a similar book collection to you. What kind of books are we talking behind you there? What kind of books I used to have then? No, books behind you. What, what are they? Oh, books. Ah, oh, yeah. The books.
2: Bloody hell. Google Translate. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, these are most are uh, either history books, there are language books as well, and so much economics as well. It's a mixture, yeah. Have you got Chris Sutton's new book behind you? Not yet, not yet. I want to have it. I really want to. Yeah. I need to get, get in touch with him. Because I'm in, I'm in Hungary at the moment, in Budapest at the moment, you know? I'm not even yeah. in London, so... Uh, but uh, once we can travel again and go to the places, then hopefully I can uh, yeah, get that book as well. You know?
1: I've got a similar collection, Big Man, but they're Scud books, dirty books. <laughs> <laughs> right, on to the football, well, non-football, because now, Big Man, you're involved in finance. Yes. How did that come about? Did you study finance while you were
2: playing football? Uh, yes, well, uh, I was born and grew up in Switzerland. Uh, Beautiful. I was playing for Grasshopper Zurich at the time. And when I joined them at 15, 16 years old, uh, Grasshoppers was actually, we're talking about nearly over 30 years ago, by the way. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They were pretty much kind of pushing to a, like an education program for footballers, okay? And that came also by default because my mother really, really said, you're not gonna go play for Grasshoppers if you don't get an education. So can you imagine, we're 15, 16 years old. Uh, I really wanted to join Grasshoppers, but Grasshoppers really, changed all around to sign me then i get an education and out of that they've done like a pilot program that i do like a business uh, uh, degree there in finance uh, and play football at the same time so i joined them at 15 16 years old and study and play football and if i look back today uh i would say uh, it was the best thing i've done because at that time when you're 15 16 years old you know you want to play football you're not gonna to want to go sit down there and study etc you just want to play football and, and 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 get your dream out there but if i look back i think it's the best thing i done because it helped me when i finished my career you know did you is that true that you used to go work in a bank after tuning the grasshoppers yes well this is part of that program they're done uh the club was i would say 30 years ago quite advanced in terms of how to look after the players young players and i think today they have more opportunity than those days you know can you imagine 30 40 years players going to school or even given the opportunity to do that you know uh you just play football you make sure you're you're playing well and that's it nothing else has been actually looked after you you know uh so these guys you really looked after yourself in terms okay the son you professionally but also you do an education and go to work uh, in a bank to have the practical side of it of of the education you're doing you know so it was very important to have that it was a pain be honest you now, Be honest, yeah. because it was 16, 17, 18, 19, until 19 years old. You trained, you went to school, you went to an afternoon to the bank to, uh, for two, three, four hours as well, and you trained at the evening as well. So you had a full day and a full weekend, and most of my friends and mates, they would go out, 17, 18, can you imagine, the weekend, Friday night, they're calling you up, Ronald, let's go out, let's go for a training, let's go for a we'll go to the nightclub, whatever it is, and you have to stay home. It, it was a little bit frustrated at that time, but again, if I look back now, it was worthwhile because, first of all, I made it of Flesh and a play football. But also, I had a, a degree in, in in finance and banking. You know. And uh, I've I've seen your Instagram. You look a million dollars in these suits as well. Really suits you, <laughs> mate. Second hand, mate. Second hand, mate. You know what I mean? Always cheap, mate. Second hand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, right. Development through Grasshoppers Academy to the first team was it quite a quick ride into the first team, Ramon?
2: Pretty much. By the time I was. 17 18 actually uh i was already in the first team uh so 17 part uh played into it by 18 i was now full-time first team 18 years old already and by 19 years old i was at the swiss national team already then so it was already wow. very very quick progressing uh, uh career Improving in the football point of view and at the same time i still had to study so it's like so he had this football pro- program in terms because you played when you're 16, 17, you still play on the under-21, and sometimes you go with the first team. So you play yeah. in the first team on a Saturday, are you on the bench or you, you play maybe 20 minutes or half an hour or none, of course. But then on Sunday, you still have another game with the under-21 as such. So the whole weekend, it's fully fully done. You know? And then on Monday, you have to go to school in the morning, and in the afternoon, you have to go uh, to work, and in evening, you go to, to training. So. Between 16 and 19, it was hardcore uh, uh, and discipline. To be honest, it, uh, it has given you also discipline as well because you can focus on playing football as well. Uh, because you really want to say, okay, let's get this study done and also improve in the playing football. And I was lucky to actually go into the first team because that really helped you and give you a, a lots of uh, uh, confidence. And um, by the time I, I really finished my uh, degree, it was like over the moon, frankly saying.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, and they had a little more free time, but then the, the international game started. So you start to be a national player, and yeah, and I had a great career growing up there. Amazing
1: uh, British dressing rooms—they're they're usually known for being quite ruthless for young players. Was it similar over in Switzerland?
2: Not as much, be you with You know, not as much. Uh, I remember coming to England, uh, was well, Spurs at the time from 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 Italy you know you got this boot kit you know cleaning your boots and first day arrived they got a guy 15 16 years old he said listen that's your uh cleaner cleans your boots what 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 do you mean he's cleaning my boots nobody ever in my life cleans my boots i'm cleaning my own boots myself always so at switzerland you clean your own boots you look after your boots make sure nobody touches he was like do you not even touch my boots frankly saying so the, the guys actually looked at me where the heck is this coming from? You know, everybody <laughs> has a hierarchy. The youngsters, they have to clean the boots of the, of the big boys and everything. I was not used to it at all. Actually, don't even touch my boots, Frankie <laughs> saying, okay. I'll pay you for not touching it. <laughs> so <laughs> so, uh, so everybody were really kind of, uh, you know, I think there was an English culture at the time. They needed to have the hierarchy. You know, youngsters respect the boys. You know, I can see suddenly that guy. Who actually wanted to clean my boots a year later joined the first team and then he suddenly hey here are the boots but, uh, <laughs> <a young> <laughs> can you remember uh, who it was big man who was it ledley king <laughs> no way so ledley king was your boot boy well at that time he was a young boy you know so he yeah. needed to you know he was uh, younger than me at the time and uh but he was short i leaf a uh, uh, young uh, you know, because he came straight into the, the first team as a youngster. Good talent, great player, you know. Um, and some other guys as well, you know. But I was not used to have my boots cleaned by somebody else. Yeah.
1: You said that you were 18 and you were young when you got in the first team. Why do you think that was? What did Grasshopper see in you from a young age? I was just good.
2: Oh, what's that? what were you good at? Defending? Playing? What was it? I, I think... I think um, I think the physical aspect in terms of athletic aspect of myself at the time and speed and, of course, uh, the heading side point of view. Um, These are the attributes I think uh, as a a very young boy really stand out within the team, on the first team as well already because already with 16, 17 years old, I was already, yeah, like 20, 21 in terms of the... uh, you know, I was tall. I was physically class kind of strong, the swell team, an athletic point of view, not gym wise, but kind of really there. You know, and 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 I had also the speed and, and on the ball as well. So that really immediately had an impact to the first team and the manager at that time was Otmar Hitzfeld. Uh, very wow, player. legend. So he's the one who actually brought me to grass in the first place. You know. Um, so that uh, I had a certain talent and of course I developed very quick once I joined with the first league. because I think when I was a youngster, if you're coming from a very, I came from a very small little village club in Switzerland, you know, like most potentially young players and then you join a big club, grasso Zurich is, it's the equivalent I think like in Celtic in in, in, in in Scotland, you know, it's a big club, it's a big name and I'm coming from a small little tiny village where well, you know we took you know even five thousand people while you grew up, you know, it's really kind of a few cows, yeah. <laughs> a few horses, you know. <laughs> uh and then going to Zurich to the big town at the time, a like is joining, it's it was a big big step, you know. It makes a big difference when your youngsters joining the the big boys in training because you develop much faster, you get used to to play with a with a when men in terms of point of view, the attitude, how to play, and the aggressivity of point of view. You're not that little boy junior anymore, you know. You really get, you know, yeah. suddenly the elbow suddenly comes to your face and you go, Whoa, what's happening here? you know. As a junior, you don't you never maybe get that, but you suddenly got, you know, ten years older than me, boom, elbow and, and, and want to have this, etc. And then suddenly you start to defend yourself and get be a man, you know, very, very quick. That's so why you, you, that's the, why your nose is like that, big man, huh? That's has been like a fucking binocchio, you know, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, on Old Man because we had Paul Lambert on, he was obviously Paul's manager at Dortmund. How was he, a uh, young centre-half, like, would he allow you to make mistakes or was he very tough on you?
2: Very, very tough all the time, you know. I think, I think most of the managers, uh, with the defenders, uh, minimise the mistakes as possible, you know. Yeah. Defenders are, are, it's the heart and soul of, with, within the team, you know? you know. If you have a good defence... I sent the midfield plays as well because that 's one of the part of uh, it 's very very key to have a very strong personality good attitude and the less possible mistake you can have that 's for a manager very important because that 's really the hard to build up the rest of the team you know because once you know you 're safe in the back, at least you have a draw or you can win in the yes. last minute you know and I think uh, uh, as a center half uh, you have that responsibility from day one and I think this manager really showed me that that's where you're going to go. That's where you start to mentalize yourself and and, and be ready, you know.
1: Can you remember a particular time
2: that he went crazy at you? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember, yes. Very, very early. Shape. It was about 18 years. I think was, I was third, fourth march ready within the first team. So I really, like, after the third march of surgery, I was, like, trying to pass from the back, you know, and in half time, he uh, absolutely hammered me for about two <laughs> miles. I was for me, it took like sound like 15 minutes, but it was only about two minutes, you know, because he like tore me off massively because that you don't do that, you risk the whole team, blah blah blah. You give me the whole stuff and, and throw the shoes, the water on me, you know, all of that. You know, I was like wow. the youngest in the team. Can you imagine? You know, I'll tell you what now never in my life have done that pass afterwards. Never. <laughs> I was like, scared. I'm scared, you know, kind of yeah. really had to do something like that. But I think that this is part of a coaching as well, you know, as, 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 as a young boy, you need, you know, you need to uh, make sure that he doesn't make that mistake in the future. You have, listen, today, there are different ways of teaching kids, you know, you know, those days, are old days are different than to today, you know. Uh, but I think, uh, it was good in my time to do that because I think I learned from that very, very quick. And you have to, because football is yeah. very fast. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, you won three league championships during your time there. Uh, uh, very much a dominant team.
2: Yes, it was uh, very dominant. I think the half, more than 80% of the team was uh, first team player, the national team as well. So we played grass open and we played the national team. So we were like the same in a way, you know? You yes. Yeah we was the national team, you know. Uh, we had some fantastic players as well. We had Alan Suter, he was a Bayern Munich. We had Giovanni Elber, a Bayern Munich as well. Uh, we had some very, very, very good times. Chiracu Sports and, 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 the, and the midfield players and everything. You know, winning uh, obviously the league and the cup for them as well, you know. Five years or six years I played there, you know. I think even today, to be honest with you, Grasshopper uh, uh, has not that, had that really good run uh, when I was there How
1: do you celebrate winning the league in Switzerland? How, how is it different from Scotland and England?
2: Cool, oh, that's a big difference mate that's a big, very big difference Listen, Switzerland are very kind of uh, boring in, in a way so, uh, Yeah, they're celebrating but yeah, kind of very conservative yeah, that's it on the night and everything else you know Of course, we players we always celebrate that time, you know. But it wasn't the same like Celtic, where the whole town was up and down, you know. I remember on that day at Celtic Park, you know, with sixty thousand singing the song, you know, for the whole game. It's the last game, and we knew we're gonna win the league, uh, and the whole Celtic Park was singing. It was unbelievable. That's like goosebumps as a player on the field you get goosebumps just listening to the fans singing for nearly 60, well, the whole game nearly, you know, and that's something you never, never, never can uh, forget, something like that. It's beautiful. Yes, yeah, so we'll come to that in a bit. Uh, just as you mentioned there, the national team, you were in around the
1: national team, but overlooked for USA 94, how did you take that? Do you want to battle the manager?
2: Oh, well, of course you're disappointed uh, uh, with Roy Hoxton at the time. Uh, Roy Hoxon was- Oh, was it na- Roy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Roy Hoxton was my manager. Um, to be honest, it was mixed feelings. It was, uh, of course, disappointed because you were one of the youngest to be part of the of the team as a centre-half. Uh, at that time, they had four other, you know, nearly six or eight or ten years even older than me in terms of, in terms of experience. And they never been to a World Cup. You know, we're talking 30 years. Switzerland didn't qualify for a World Cup. And we just qualify. And I was in a period of course, the youngsters like myself and other players really came through cute generation of Swiss football players, you know, qualified for that. And Roy Hoxton done a fantastic job. I think for us Swiss, Roy Hoxton is a legend because he was the one who put Swiss on the international map in terms of football, you know, and and us as a value as a player to go to play abroad, et cetera. So of course, 94, the World Cup, it was nice to be part of it. I was part of the whole qualification games, but the end uh, games, I was not part of it. I was disappointed, but at the same time, I was very happy because I knew that the next generation was me, because I was like, yeah. just behind there, and The ones who actually go to the to the World Cup, they're going to retire, and they retired right straight after the World Cup, you know. And I was right, the first team centre-half player, and we qualified for the Euro 96 there afterwards. So... It was mixed feeling. Of course, you want to go, but in the same time, you know you will still have a future. Please
1: tell me in 94 when you missed out, you went over to Magaluf and just got steaming drunk for two weeks.
2: <laughs> no, I didn't do that, mate. <laughs> oh, you were counting all your money, weren't you, big man in the bank? No, 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 mate. Never no, do that, mate. No, we do that. <laughs> I, li- I like uh, drink, but well. not going absolutely mad about drinks. That no. fair, to be honest with you. Actually, during my career, I didn't really actually drink, to be honest with you. so no. Well, um, no, not uh, not so. Only, I think when I started to come to Glasgow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I think uh, when I, it, me, I started having a few drinks, as, uh, you know, as uh, such. But I never really kind of, uh, yeah, I didn't have that issue that I need to have a drink all the time, I, so, like potentially other people, you know, that have that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah. No issues, uh, no issues sorry, and you're '96. And the squad, Scotland and England in Group A. Did you fancy your chances when the group was announced?
2: Well, listen, we Switzerland, I think, can complete as an outsider to this European uh, Euro 96, you know, we were potentially the weakest link, let's call it, you know, yeah. within that group. We took in the host England, then obviously Holland, and then you got Scotland, you know, in there, you know, so you were pretty much, yeah. Thank you very much. Get the tax and go home again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the first game um, against uh, England at Wembley, because you know that was the opening game, it was a fantastic game. First of all, the week before England, as you know this well, and it was all over the place. Now, if the famous Hong Kong get hammered and having that. Uh, the, the dentist chair uh, wasn't it the dentist chair? Yeah, 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 you know, with Gaza and all these guys, you know. Well, we Swiss thought, "Can is me, they're really taking this seriously, you know. They're just gonna and play 90 minutes against us and thank you very much. We go home, you know. We like they're winding us up a little bit, you know. So we yeah. played, you know what, okay, you get drunk, or we're gonna hammer you up pretty much when you're coming on the game, you know. So uh, when the Saturday came, uh Wednesday. We really thought, you know what, really, these guys are really underestimating us. We might have a chance, you know. It's like in the cup, you know, when you play Celtic against the smaller teams, you know, yeah. and you are not really take it seriously. These guys, it's like the final against Celtic, you know. You need to, you need to play well, you know. So, you know, underestimate them. And we thought England would do the same. And I think most likely that happened because the first half, we surprised them and we actually dominated the game uh, massively. And we draw. And yeah. that, for us, was like, wow. First game against the host, actually the one, potentially the favourite to win the Euro '96. 6 we draw in. I think we have a good chance against Scotland and Holland. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but we, had, we thought we had a great chance there afterwards, after 1-1.
1: How did you find it against Shearer and Sheringham up front?
2: You done well, didn't you? The game
1: was on telly. Yeah. Uh,
2: during the quarantine. I think and, so, yeah. As you think say,
1: so, Switzerland,
2: yeah. Switzerland yeah, are probably better. the better team. On I T V on I T V they've done something. Yeah, like. ITV that was it. Yeah, yeah. Well we'll Dan you know, he was playing with me at Spurs and he also played at at, uh, at the game there. We we'd done some interview with ITV at that time, you know. And and then um, yeah, Gaza, he was a fantastic player to play against, you know, absolutely not case. Uh uh but on the Field, he was superb, you know, he's like the way the way he's moving, the way he plays, it's so different to a lot of players I I play against it, you know. Uh, but having Sheringham, marking Sheringham or uh, Shearer at the time, it was very tough, you know. To be honest, you know, you mean talking two top players uh, out for England those days, the strikers, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. One I played afterwards together at Spurs, Teddy and Sheringham, and the one I played against him at the uh, at the Premier League afterwards, Alan Shearer, you know. But you know, playing against these two, you know, at the time was uh, a fantastic experience. And then drawing against them. The only, only Shiro actually scored at the time against us uh, and to draw, uh, you know, to, when we scored 1-1, you know. And then Holland, what a team they had at that time. <laughs> who,
1: who was it from? Berka?
2: Wow, 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 wow. Holland, I told him about the half of the Ajax Amsterdam team was on there, you know. It was wow. like, uh, they were the Champions League winner actually on that year as well, mm. uh, I think. When well, we played, some of them, cross at the Champions League as well against them. And that's easy, you know. You know, Patrick Kluivert, Overmars, uh, you name it, uh, Littmann in the front, Kanu, the big boy as well. Um, yeah, huge team, massive team, you know. Dennis Beckham as well, of course, you know. Uh, it was a great experience, you know. You can see the quality within the team, there's no doubt that was superb. And they were superior in, in in many ways to to us. You know, we can we hold quite for a long time the game, but uh, once we start the score, then uh, I think that was the final. And then playing for the wooden spoon against us, Scotland
1: lost uh, one nil. Ali McQuest. See when you were playing Ali McQuest with you, oh uh,
2: yeah, you a always, always had that. Ali. Oh my gosh! Oh my <laughs> gosh, Alan, Alan, Alan. Uh, already then. Uh, he was absolutely, had yeah, a big cup, you know, no no, no wonder he's actually working if you talk sports, you know, you know what I mean? He can actually talk to the, the mountains and down, you know what I mean? Yeah, but he's an absolutely brilliant guy. It's a, a, a good, good, good man. And we had some good battles, you know, on that field, you know, I remember yeah. still against Scotland, you know, that's some great team, a really good team, actually, Scotland at the time. And obviously, Alan McCoy was one of the, the guys I needed to mark, you know, and he's a top guy, 90 minutes talking, as as usual, you know. Uh, but uh, after the game, he, he was a real gentleman and, and, and a fantastic guy. And so, we obviously, we talked a few times after that, a few years later, you know, when I played for Celtics, especially when I was up in, in Glasgow. And they said, well, mate, I'm Celtic, not Rangers, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so... No, he's a nice guy, and it was a great experience playing against Scotland. Unfortunately, we lost it, but uh, that's what it is, you know.
1: Was it your performances at Euro '96 that got you moved to Cali, or was that already planned beforehand?
2: No, that was the performance on the Euro '96. You know, um, before that, uh, there were some German Bundesliga clubs like uh, uh, the Hamburg SV uh, was uh, interested in me, and some other Bundesliga clubs. But uh, grasshoppers were saying, please play first uh, the tournament, and then you, if you play well, most likely all the clubs will come into it, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, having a call from a club from the Serie A in those days, in the 90s, it's like, especially as a defender centre-half, where the best centre-halves in, on defenders in the world were playing in the Serie A, you, you can't really say no. It's, it, yeah. it's like a must to go, you know? And and Kalleri at the time... Um, uh, uh, wanted me, uh, and and I joined them, you know. And what an experience, you know. As I said the half, you know, week in, week out, you got the best place in the planet playing, and you know, you got who
1: was the best big man was it
2: Batistuta, or? you know? I don't know, you may be too young for that, but uh, Gabriel Batistuta in the oh. 90s, you know, uh, Robert Roberto Baccio, Boban Savicevic, uh, wow. you, you name it, uh, obviously, the Ronaldo Brazil, you know. The Ronaldo league. Brazil? How was he? Oh, my friend, this is, this is, that one is off the clock. It was a different <laughs> planet, you know. Uh, Pepe Signori, uh, obviously, Chaluka Viale at the time, still. Mancini, obviously, at the time as well. Um, uh, Zola, as well, of course, you know. I would say the best players in Europe were playing in Serie A. There's no doubt at that time, you know. They, I think it was the best league in the world. And as a centre-half, you are absolutely challenged every week in, week out. Every single weekend, you have the best striker on the planet to, to face. And it was a nightmare because, like, really, you need to be focused 19 minutes plus, you know. Uh, and it's place against Milan or playing against Inter Milan, these are definitely the best strikers in the world that always had, you know. It was a nightmare, especially, especially in playing in San Siro at that time, you know. But I enjoyed it. It was a fantastic time and... Spurs was calling uh, during the time. Uh, Liverpool and Leeds; these are the three clubs who wanted their time. And I choose uh, the time for Spurs. Uh, well,
1: why? Why after only being in Italy for a few months did you go to Spurs? Did you not want to stay I mean, in Italy I mean, for longer? Spurs
2: really wanted to sign me uh, uh, already in the summer. By the way, because in the Euro '96, what happened? There was suddenly lots of teams in a way were interested into me in, in terms. To, to get uh, me transferred some Italian clubs, uh, some England, cl- England clubs. I taught them at that time, you know. But at that time, for me, the Serie A was very important as a centre-half, you know, to Premier League it was not the Premier League at it is today, you know. Yeah. It, I think it was only when one year or two years into it, the new Premier League system, you know. Um, so Serie A was definitely, without a doubt, the best league in the world to join as a player, you know. Well, it's not even about the money, it's really saying. I want to be part of the best thing in the world, you know. Mm. And during these six, seven months, Spurs was still knocking on the door all the time. Why you're not coming to England? and started pursuing, and and obviously there was Liverpool and as well at the time. And and I cho- and I decided to go to Spurs because I think this is the one that really, from the beginning, wanted to me in, uh, in the first place in the summer. And then I decided in the Christmas time they say, okay, let's join in January in, in the transfer, and we go there and. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Calorie done a great deal, you know, because they made a lot of money out of me. <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> was it? Three point seven five million. Uh, Three point seven five million pounds, and those days in '96 for it to rent the half. that? Big? that? Big man, a lot of money, you know. As, How much uh, of that did you get? How much a percent of percent that did you well, get? You don't get much in those days, you know, man. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> Uh most most of the clubs they're getting, you know, and you know, most that should get the clubs because that's the, you know, they pay already a salary and everything else and they're creating value. But anyway, this is another conversation. But yeah, it was a big transfer to Spurs at the time. And I was happy to join Spurs, you know, not a good four years there to and won the League Cup, you know. Did Jerry Francis uh Mullet not put you off? <laughs> no, not that one, actually, more the jumper, the green jumper he had on, you Did know? You know on the green <laughs> Yeah, also was a kind of absolutely the grandmother's green chaperon. on. I was here, and, you know, when you're coming from Italy, can you imagine? They're all nicely dressed, you know, oh, suited and booted, you know, you've got all their money suits on, you know. You know, the Italians, all nicely dressed. No, no, no mistake, you know, you have to be dressed properly there, you know? Arriving in England, I said, goodness me. <laughs> Where did I arrive here, you know? I, I arrived at the dressing room, obviously, in Italy is very disciplined. You need to be, obviously, first you had, each one had a, a, a suit from, from the club to start with, okay? And, and on the match day, you need to be suited with the tie, even you go to the dressing room. You don't go with the trainers and all that stuff. I joined Spurs. I remember Man United, my first game, and I tried to Friday and on Sunday there was again. The so I go to the hotel, I'll take my suit with me. And everybody's like, why are you taking your suit with you? What are you doing? all with dressed, tra- it's camera with his trainers and dress suit, and I was with the suit on my hands. So yes. i always not get dressed the day before. So next day, I had my suit nice and booted and all shaved and everything ready to go. They were laughing at me, addressing me, <laughs> right Tottenham was laughing at me, you know, Saul cam and tennis sharing that absolutely taking the mickey on me so that's the last time we got a suit on you know and <laughs> and yeah, it was a different culture, different attitude in terms of has changed, of course now, you know, as you see in the Premier League most most of the guys have now a proper suit on and everything you know, but in those days, the talents are very kind of they had a summer suit and the winter suit, suit, wow, it properly. And you, you would get fined if you didn't have to suit on. You know, you really, you have to come. Even if you have to no tie on, you would be fined. It's like private school, you know. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it similar? I know just like clothes, but also diet. Was that quite similar? Could you not believe the English diet for football players? Uh, yeah, no, that's true. In Italy, very, very kind of uh, strict about this diet. <laughs> Goodness me, it has changed in England as well, obviously in Scotland as well. In England was in Italy at the time. It, Actually, you have been looked after like a machine in a way. Really. You, the diet on a daily basis, you need to be taking your weight. And you've got, before you go to the training session, at the training um, uh, site, you know, by the, tra- um, the dressing room, you've got a list of all the players with the weight. So you have to put your weight on, put your uh, things every day. If you have half a kilo more, goodness me, except training session on that yeah. day, and then they say, What did you eat the last two, three days? How many sources, all that, all that stuff and everything. They made all the vitamin supplied as well. They had each one has his, it was not each body was the same. So each had a little bit less, more, and everything. So everything was measured, absolutely yeah. professionally done. Now, <laughs> I take the plane, I go to England. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the day, my first training session. I come in, because you, it's like a military in a way in Italy. You know, you, you, every day you know what's happening to you. You know, it's really like organized and disciplined. I arrived to Tottenham training ground. Goodness me. <laughs> first of all, 10 o'clock was kickoff a training session. So in Italy, normally, you go by 8.39, you're there already. Because you, you start to get warm up or you want to wrap or something like that. Yeah. I was the first there. So, what the, where the heck are these players? Nine o'clock, nobody arrives. 9.50, still <laughs> not. 9.30, half an hour before. I was walking in, yeah, all right, mate, you all right? So, that kind of thought like that. Walking in, they said, I'm here over an hour, waiting, I'm on the first one. And 9.45, before, 15 minutes before, a player comes in with a cup of tin and biscuits, like that. <laughs> I'm like, all right, saw of it. And they said, you know, 50 minutes, when are you on the pitch? I could not believe it. I could not believe that, you know. It has changed, of course. We're talking about yeah. what, 5, 30 years ago. But for me, it was a completely different culture, you know. Just coming, you know, different routine as well on daily basis. But uh, it was fun. I got used to it as well, very
1: quickly. Yeah. <laughs> what was what the, the standard in training, big man, when you came? Was it was taught him a better standard of player than Cagliari?
2: Um, well, in terms of infrastructure point of view, uh, without that, the in Italy was much better. It, it, right. That, 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 that's, that's the shocking part. I was initially kind of taken back because, you know, we're talking Tottenham Hotspurs. It's a big club. It's not yeah. a small club. So you thought you're going to quite a huge infrastructure already. The training ground would be fantastic. You know, if I looked still today, I was shocked in terms of the gym. I was like, i never seen my life so small. It's like two, two bikes with two little weights from the 18th century in those days, you know. And I was like, is that the gym? And he said, yeah, it's the gym, mate. That's what you have to do. And then he, Mate. Listen to me. And then he gives me a David Lloyd. You know David Lloyd. David me, I'm not joking. He gives me a David Lloyd's card in my hand. And he's like, well, that's the gym to go if you want to train more. And I looked at him, are we amateurs here or professional? And I was like, wow, <laughs> The today Spurs has one of the best training ground in the planet, of course. I wish yeah. they had such a training uh, 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 place. Uh, but it was, again, an experience, to be honest with you. And I think like the Arsenal Wenger awesome in those days who came into the England game, changed a lot of the diet with the Arsenal players as well. And a lot of farm uh, managers, I think, changed quite the attitude in terms of how to look after yourself. What would you, What would Tottenham serve you up for lunch back then? After training, what would the food be? <laughs> that's a, that's a, ah, not even lunch. Pre-lunch of the game. I just could not believe it. I could not believe it. I remember uh, against Newcastle. Up in, uh, in Newcastle. So three, three o'clock kickoff. Yeah, you start to eat around at 11. Because the yeah. jet, you know, two, three hours. 10, 30 11. These guys having a fry up. I nearly, nearly puked. Just be sitting down the table. I'm like the conservative swift boy, having my muesli, my little yogurt. My, and he's having a full blow, absolutely fry up. English breakfast, we call it, you know? And you go to a holiday, you know? He said, Are you on the hangover? What's happening here? How can you play at three o'clock with this, with all the being? Yeah. And I was like, And you know, the smell of a fryer in the morning. Yeah. If you're not, I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're, if you're not used to it, you're nearly, actually, I was nearly sick, you know? I said, I need to go to my room to have my breakfast because it, 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 it's unbearable. So that was my other experience. And the first two, three months, I could not believe it. You know, yeah. has changed very rapidly thereafter, but this is one of the first experience I had coming back. With, with the boys laugh at you for eating muesli? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were absolutely taking the mickey with me. And it's was like, oh, the Swiss boys, Swiss cheese with a little yogurt, with a little kind of <laughs> muesli, Swiss... You want to have a little muesli? So they came like that, and except like, taking the mickey with me. And I said, like, what the heck? What am I doing wrong here now, you know? And, <laughs> but, you know, the guys were like, me uh, there was David Genelai at that time, uh, uh, and uh, well, Jürgen Klinsmann thereafter was, you know, we're in the continent, we are, we are trained for 10, 15 years already about this muesli diet and everything's for us, it's like nature, you know, normal, normal to get involved, you know, but to see the English players never had even talked or even been taught to do it, it was yes. unbelievable. We're talking 20, 30 years ago, eh? <coughs> Could you believe that they could go for like pints the night before training and still come in and train the next day? Oh, right. This is another thing I, I couldn't believe, you know? <laughs> it's like having pints at the bar, even the hotel on the wear games. And you go, how the heck can you play next time? You know? <laughs> um, and I remember at Cherry France, Cherry France's Tuesday was like the box-to-box the box running. And I had no clue. My English at the time was like, okay. Yes. I just understood part of that and especially the cockney language can you imagine you know so i couldn't understand one single word whether the cockney language can help you know on tuesday monday night they're absolutely getting hammered because you know tuesday they're going to have a running session it's called box to box i had no clue what it means box to box you know what does it mean boxing boxing or what you know <laughs> so i arrived on that tuesday uh, training session Bloody yeah! it was two hours, really box to box, you know, 60 wow. hours, hours back and forth. And then within 20 minutes or so, two or three, off, go to the bushes, off, <laughs> go to the bushes. We only, only, only run 20 minutes, we've not even done an hour. Absolutely for the night before, obviously I realized after, Hamlet still smelled from the night before, you know. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, uh, it was all new experience. <laughs> has changed without a doubt uh, to the better. Let's call it that, yeah. you know. Um, but it's, it was still fun, you know. To be honest, yeah. still the characters in those days, very good characters.
1: You said the infrastructure was better, but what in terms of about in terms of players? Spurs have better players, you know. You've got Sheringham,
2: Sol Campbell, Dan and some top players there. Eh? Yeah, talking about, I would say, very good players. We, we had a good team at the time, you know, and. You know joining obviously cleansman there afterwards in one season I think it was good as well because he also saved us in the last game on the nice. uh, from the relegation from you against Wimbledon you know uh but having david, david Ginola, obviously les ferdinand Darren Anderton, Charingham. uh obviously David house as well in the midfield there we had some very good team there and I think we had a good season once uh George Graham actually joined us and, and, and we won the League Cup. That was yeah. a very, very good period. We had a good six, seven months, fantastic, good period. Saul Campbell and myself in the back, we were absolutely solid. And we were, we were cruising all the way to, to the final, first semi finals or FA Cup final, and also the League Cup uh, final of 1999 uh, uh, at Wembley. So that was a fantastic period for Spurs. Have you had to pick one player that stood out in training every day? Who would they have been? Who was a standout? Who standout? Yeah, one player that stood out amongst everyone else at Spurs. Uh, in terms of technical point of view, without that, David Junalai, yeah. Oh, yeah. what a player. Uh, he was, he was uh, yeah, he had the flair, the skills and everything, but he also had personality as well, you know. I'm what what
1: kind of personality you
2: have? you know. <laughs> he was gorgeous, wasn't he? You
1: and him together at London, yeah, big no, man. No, Come on. <laughs> Now we're talking. Um,
2: Alan Sugar was the chairman as well back then. How was he to deal with? Who's that? Alan Sugar? Alan Sugar. Sugar, yes. Alan Sugar. Yeah, I think he was a great uh, chairman, to be honest with you. Um, uh, everyone was saying the team at the time, I think we had a good team. If, if, if we just discuss about the, the, the plays we had and everything, I think we had some great uh, plays to, to to succeed uh, uh, in, in very ways of course we've done only one season we won the league cup as such I think Alan Sugar from my point of view he, he took the club where from historically I was not there yet but I think he financially was also in trouble and, and he took it to a place where he was financially uh, healthy again and, and the left in a good place as well you know. and, and, he, won, and he won the league cup so if I look back with Spurs with how many medals they won since then yeah. not many I think it's one more and that's it. Or even that's the last one, to be honest with you. Yeah. <clears throat> Just quickly, what was Christian Gross like? Well, Christian Gross, I know from the back uh, days in Switzerland in Grasshoppers. In he was my manager and we were successful. And I was actually surprised he comes to Spurs, to be honest with you, at the time. And, Why? Uh, well, because uh, I didn't know he'd come to England. I thought Alan Sugar might call me up beforehand to, to, to ask what, what he's all about. Actually, no, he called me the day before he signed, I think on the night before, he say, Ramon, what do you think about Christian Gross? He said, Well, yeah, I had a good time with him and as a manager, and he's good. And he'd and be fantastic. Don't worry, we signed him already. Tomorrow he's, he's coming to us. I said, Oh, thank you for asking me beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> so, but pretty much the day before, I knew he, he was resigning for Spurs. And I think, uh, to be honest with Christian Gross, I think he came in a period when Spurs had a very striking season. And... I'm not sure a lot of managers would choke Spurs at that time. Because yeah. the risk of you as a manager of losing the reputation was very, very high. And he kept us up. That's a duty. He's done that. But of course, for the Spurs fans, <laughs> he didn't come across as the manager because he came with the tube. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, obviously, again, he, doesn't, he didn't know how, what Spurs is all about. You know, They're not coming in the tube. <laughs> Spurs fans are calling me a little bit more big cars, you know, let's call it that. And and I think that's good enough for him, was all over uh, kind of for Spurs uh, as a coach, you know. Yeah, you mentioned earlier there was a lot of big characters in that dressing room. Who, who Who were the funny guys in the dressing room? Ed Spurs, you're talking about? Yeah uh well there was obviously darren anton one of them darren is he yeah. funny is Darren Anton funny yeah, yeah it was funny you would be very sarcastic the guy you know he's, he looks like a little boy you know but i'll tell you yeah. what <laughs> he's an old boy there you know uh david house he was good of course the french boy david Junilla, you know he's a character in, in his own you know his uh personality in the dressing room he's always a he always had the laugh, let's call it that, you know? Would he always show, would he show his muscles off in that, do you know? What? Oh yeah, all the time, he's from the mirror showing it and calling it, Ramon, did you see it? <laughs> and I said, oh, I didn't see it, mate. Don't worry, mate, don't look at man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Klinsmann, what was Klinsmann like? Huh? As a guy? Who? Jürgen Klinsmann? Uh, Jürgen Klinsmann was a chairman, as a guy. <laughs> 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 He's a gentleman, you know? What can you do, you know? You know? Square, you know? Come on. Einstein, you know? <laughs> Oi, I thought you are saying that, though, but Stefan Freud about a bad Oh, my God. Oh, Stefan. He's a character. Oh, my God. He was another one, you know? He was absolutely an energy bundle. I've never seen my life a player like that. It, it, the guy had energy. Beyond. Uh absolutely not case on the pitch. Uh, really aggressive, and he was like screaming at you, you know. And I speak German because my first language is German as well. So with the Germans I spoke German. So we were absolutely having a German language on the on the pitch. Can you imagine all the English players? Didn't understand one single word, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and this guy was unbelievable, you know, and you can clean spy. He was a nice guy, but you know, he's reserved in his own way. And um, yeah, he was a good player for us at the time, you know. Would, Brian, would, he, would he fight with his teammates? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, very much, yeah. Lots, yeah. Wow. Because, uh, Stephen Roy was giving it 100%. When he was on the pitch, there, there was no, you know, enemy is enemy, as simple as that. It's like machinery, you know. And yeah. if you go, come across to him or in his way, you have a big problem. Huge problem, you know. And... I think he got the respect like that with some of the players because you can't mess around with him, whatever you do, you know. And uh, he was a character. And I think we needed people like that in the midfield. You need to have people who kind of have character, really uh, different presence and respect to all the players as well. Mm. Last question,
1: last player I need to ask you, because I love him as a player. And we've spoken about him before, Teddy Sheringham.
2: I thought he was top-class Teddy Sheringham now. Yeah, yes. I I think Teddy's, uh, without a doubt, the... Uh, Very intelligent uh, in in terms of the field and the pitch, really, he doesn't move as much, but he moves (laughs) the right places, let's call it that. Uh, He has a great first touch as well, I think his first touch is uh, extremely great, great vision of the game. Because I think the vision of the game, he, he didn't even have to move as much compared to other players who really have to run quite a lot. You know, Jurgen Klinsmann, just an example of point of view, he was a physical, physically in terms of running all the time, really kind of give everything from all around the place. Teddy Schoenner needed not even 20% of that, but he was as effective in terms yeah. of, 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 of his position, how positioning himself, but also the passes, his passes were all quite precise in the same time, you know. And I think he he was an intelligent player on the field, without a doubt. Very good player. I
1: know you said you never drank while you were at Spurs, but how was London for Team Bonding?
2: Was there a lot of nights out? Yes, we did, of course, absolutely. Yeah, of course, you know. Um, Well, never drank a lot, but of course, because still I have drunk, because I needed to be part of the team, you know. I still remember with um, one of the first after six six weeks i uh, been stuck in the hotel, not finding my apartment yet, you know, of course, you know. Been in Essex somewhere. And, and Ian Walker says, well, oh, no, we go out tonight, you know? You know and he said, where? Well, we are in the middle of nowhere here. I'm not even in London, you know, in Essex, outside, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he said, don't worry, I've come to pick you up. So yeah, okay, I didn't have the car at the time. I was fresh to the country. I was still in the, in the hotel. Both, because, you know, I've been in the room for six weeks, you're going to drive you nuts, you know. So suddenly, reception calls me up. yeah, Ian Walker's here, yeah, it's waiting down there. All right, okay, I'll just get my stuff on, go down, all ready, so go, all excited, I'm going to town to the West End, you know. <laughs> uh, never been for a long, in, in my life, you know. So I go to the reception entrance, I got this white, massive limousine. And I say, what is it, that... It went and I asked, where's uh, Ian Walker? Yeah, well, he's in there. What, where, in there? Where at that white limousine. Big, you know, these big limousine. Well, I think they use it for, for hand nags and you name it, all that, Yeah, 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 stuff, yeah, all that, you know. And I said, oh my God, what <laughs> is this? So I walked out and the door opens, opens like that. They've got the cheeky smile of Ian Walker. All right, mate, with <laughs> a beer in a hand already. And then the bag about two boxes of beer, but are is already there, ain't there. It looks about half an hour to go in town, anyway. Love <laughs> you. What I know my life about that trip to London. <laughs> so, yeah, talking about things, yeah, without a doubt. So, some good, uh, some good nights out as well in London with them, you know, and good fun. And, uh, yeah, of course, the English players always drink a little bit more than, than us, I would say, you know. Yeah, Where would you usually go, Mithya? Hmm? Mithya yeah Mayfair yes. is all, yeah. Cause it's not the Mayfair it used to be like now you know those days I think if I look back I think those days much much better to go out than today why because no camera phones and well they, just, they weren't there but, before, but I don't think the, 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 if I said but the four players were still live more free in the time the, but also uh, the restaurants and nightclubs were way much nicer and better in terms of they are maybe that I've not been there for a lot non time, so I don't know they are there, but yeah. I think in the 90s or early 2000s, I think they were much better than, than they are today. Right, mate, as you said, <clears throat> things
1: started to work when George Graham came in. What did he
2: change about his first? I think he changed quite a lot the attitude in terms of uh, defending, to start point of view. I think the minute he came into, we put some structure within a defence. I think the first time he, he joined uh, George Graham, um, it really took the back four and said, listen, for the next two or three weeks, only the back four is going to train individually, together. And we were like, from heading down to defending, really just defending exercise. And we were really, within three to four weeks, uh, so Cam and me, Stephen Carr, of course, uh, unfortunately, the late Justin Edinburgh as well. Uh, suddenly we suddenly, we were like a, a team. We were like a four in the back, really, really talking to each other. We communicated, we we know how we're defending and everything. And it it, it really had a big impact to the whole performance at Spurs with him, you know. And I think this is one of the major uh, uh, changes he'd done at the time we arrived and the the success to to win the league cup as well there afterwards, you know. Did you like playing next to the Sob, Campbell? Yes, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a big fella. He's like a machine, you know. He's a... when I, when I joined Spurs, um, he was just coming through the ranks at Spurs as a, uh, as a youth academy. Uh, in the first place, when I arrived, I thought, well, goodness me, do I have to play with him? Because he's a big fella, he's quite physically strong, but on the ball, it was different, you know? Oh, what
0: was, what uh, was on the ball?
2: He was extremely, extremely strong, speed and, you know, very difficult to pass around what? You know? But he really improved over, 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 a, over a period of time, you know? And I remember when he, I think, where he really started to improve and had confidence when he's he'd been giving the, the captain on, uh, yeah. uh, you know? He really been giving the confidence. And you can see straight away on the pitch that the, he was playing differently, you know? And, but uh, yeah, of course, I enjoyed next to him because he was like a, a powerhouse, you know? Mm. Next to like a machine. What about, uh, what about George Graham as a guy? Because from the outside, he looks very... Oh, yeah, Listen, uh, on a one-to-one, George Graham is a fantastic guy. Without that, you know. On, 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 uh, as a manager with the team, he's one of the most Scottish guffers, mate. You're not messing around, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I think with the Scottish guffer that's, that's what they have a little bit. You know, you don't mess around with them. They've got this discipline and they got this difference. Differences between uh, maybe other uh, managers, you know. Uh, Barna, one-to-one, uh, yeah, he's human and and he he, he understands uh, the player as well because don't forget he was a player as well himself, you know. But yeah. I think uh, he, he was a fantastic manager at the time, I suppose. It was the right time to, to give confidence to Spurs at the, as well. Who's scarier when they're angry? Hitzfeld or George Graham? Oh, I think George Graham more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Yeah, yeah. You
1: remember
2: um, a time with him? You remember a time with him? You, that he went well, to, yeah. a, few, a few times, a few times. Uh, mate, <laughs> I remember I remember one of the away games, uh Aston Miller. Uh he with David Juno, like say, said, David Juno, you're never gonna play any game away. You are not only a home game player. Get get the train. You don't come in with the bus. Yes, love love that. What did you notice? He went out, you know, and then we all like, all right, steady, steady, let's go out. But you give a signal of, you know, to the team, you're not messing around, you know. And I think as as a coach, you're you're one, you're the only person on in that, you know, and to get the respect in a way. Of course, these are old methods, you know. Today, the, are different way of coaching, you know, uh, you know, with with these young guys, you know, so. But in those days, I think you needed to have that little kind of hard way of, you know, get respect in place, don't mess around, otherwise you act, you, you understand. And uh, mm-hmm. some of the players, it works, some not, you know. Did, uh, did anyone ever have a go back on?
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight
2: loss. in. Did any of the players ever have a go back at George? Uh, sometimes, yes, of course. Yeah, 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 you, you, do, you do it. I think this is a good question because I think in those days, the players have way much characters. Uh, yes, you can give a go with them and say in front maybe uh, uh, the shoe or the water bottle, whatever it is in the dressing room. You need that. You need that kind of, you know, emotions coming out when you're one down or two down already and you well, yeah, wake up, you know, and somebody's yeah. giving you but then you have that character, so we're saying and take you to the wall and say, listen, you know, grab you nearly, you know, and sometimes even physically, you know, because yeah. uh, you know you have to, you, you, I don't know, you, you play football as well, but you, when, when, you, when you're competitive and you're a player, first of all, you always want to win, you don't want to lose. You hate mm. to lose to start with, you know, and some players hate even more to lose than others, you know, so the ones that really don't like to lose and really give everything these guys you can't talk they, they, yeah. they're they on a different planet you know they really got out of their way And you know if you're in the wrong place they're gonna hammer punch you you know and they say listen if you don't work with me together that's it you know and who were the players who were the players at first? who were the ones that really wanted to win well we, we are we all kind of have part a little bit sometimes you know because you know i don't like to lose simple as that you know yeah um but mm-hmm. um but all the players as well uh like David Howes, uh, there and there. Well, some of the players in there, sometimes, uh, David Jr. as well, but not as much. He, he was the one more we've been giving. <laughs> Listen, walk yeah. a little bit more, run a little bit more, back, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, no, um, I think it's, these characters is missing sometimes in uh, even today's football, to be honest with you. You know, I think, yes, uh, the football has grown in a different, positive way for youngsters, but the youngsters has been, taking away a little bit uh, that man character, you know, that kind yeah. of, listen, we sometimes you need to have that in certain games to go to the next level, you know, and I think today they're a little bit too boyish. Yeah. See, so just again on George Graham, obviously he's theory.
1: an Arsenal legend. He's an Arsenal legend, George Graham. Could you,
2: could you, could you have a laugh yes. with him about that or was that completely off topic? Oh, no, 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 completely off. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> he calling I think I think George couldn't take any 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 choke. There's not impossible. I think he, he was not a type of person to take any jokes. Zero. What are the <clears throat> What are the North London Derbies like, and how do they compare to Celtic and Rangers? Oh wow! Um, listen, North London Derbies are massive. Of course, you know uh, Spurs Arsenal is always a big. Big, big game here. Week before, you're starting to talk about the whole town. Well, good. The North London kind of site, you know, it's talking as such. Uh, and as, and it is, it's big, but if I compare Celtic Rangers, it is absolutely no doubt, this is way much bigger. Uh, the, yeah. the, the concentration of, of Glasgow, the city of these two clubs, it's much higher than actually the North London derby, you know, because it's, first of all, it's smaller. As a, as a city point of view, and it's the two major clubs in the city. Yeah. There's no other ones, you know, not Chelsea, West Ham, or obviously Wimbledon at the time, you know. Uh, there's only Rangers and Celtic, you know. So, in terms of the impact of of emotions a week before, the, how many people are actually watching the game, I never experienced such an impact in terms of and be- beautiful it's fantastic to see and I experienced four derbies like that uh, uh, up in in, 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 uh, in Salting I think without a doubt they're one of the biggest in the world without a doubt
1: we'll come on a bit as I said but just lastly before we go into the League Cup final uh, Ledley King was just coming into the team at this time now what I always ask is when was the first time that you realised Ledley King was going to be top did he come and train with the first team as a kid and straight away you knew he was going to be brilliant um,
2: yes I think uh, we, we we played once on um, the twenty-three, because that's what you do sometimes. You have the first team against um, the under twenty-three yeah. or under twenty-one in those days. Um um uh, playing and then and you could see, goodness me, this guy is actually good. he was playing midfield, centre midfield, not centre half actually, you know. Yeah. And and I think a bit George Graham is was one of the ones who started to bring him on board. In training with the first team uh, after after two weeks or after first game against them. And I can see he was extremely good on the ball, very skillful, but he also could defend, where that's where it's a rarity at the time, you know, to have both skills, you know, very good midfield player, also defending, so he could actually play in a centre-half, both centre midfield player, both sides, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and then once he started training with us, we were, used to play football tennis always uh, before the, the training session in the morning, yeah. you know? So we had a little, kind of a small little gym there. So with the gym stuff there, we created a little net there and then a small little fit and we played football tennis. It was fantastic. There. So you can see already there the skills within that. Uh, just just playing football tennis, you can see how much skills you have already and then he was very good in that and then there, I was no surprised then he was playing with us uh, there afterwards, uh, playing in the centre midfield to start with, and then slowly went back with Saul Campbell, I think at the time, on other centre-halves. And he was fantastic, very good player. You can tell everything about playing head tennis, can't you? Yeah. I'm not going to ask you how good you were at head tennis, because I'm not too sure. (laughs) I'm not bad, I like to play the head tennis, yeah, very much. Even now, even now, I do this just to keep myself fed twice a week. Yeah, so, who won? Who you play, play with? Like a football tennis scenario. Yeah, absolutely, very good. Yeah, Brilliant. that's great. That's fantastic. Very good. Your skills and you don't have to run hundred yards. It's just small pitch. Just play and, and your skills. You know. So uh, yeah, we used to do that quite a lot in those days. Now even more. Now I'm using it just to get fit. You know. Yeah.
1: See you on Ledley King, Ramon. Could you have went straight to the top, very top,
2: Barcelona, Real Madrid. Ledley. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. If he was unfortunately not injured and I remember even then he was a young boy, he had already his knee injury problem, huge, you know, at the time. And if he didn't have these problems, a uh, uh, physical problem, because there was a physical problem at that time with the knee, you know, he would without that be a fantastic uh, England international uh, top and w- he would land definitely one of the big uh, uh, foreign clubs at like Real Madrid or Barcelona even. I think at that time maybe even Barcelona because it was suiting suit well for Barcelona the game in those days. Wow. That, right, uh, big
1: question: Who's better, King or Campbell at their peak?
2: Ah, oh, King. Yeah, there's no doubt Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. King. It was wow. uh, on, on with the feet uh, without a doubt uh, much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was right, Okay, mate. Okay, you said you spoke about it. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, he was much skillful than So-Camp. so So far, I had the physique, the percent, and everything else, but uh, King was uh, more skillful. Yeah. Uh, right, 1990, 1999, cup final.
1: You said you played with a stress fracture. Can you remember much about the game or were you that high on um,
2: <laughs> painkillers? I wasn't high on anything, you know, let's call it. <laughs> it. <laughs> no, but painkillers, you must have been... Yeah. You must no, have been Definitely unpacking. Listen, just already in the warm-up, absolutely in agony. Can you imagine? Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had no clue at the time. It was three, three weeks already broken. Only a day after... I went to have a scan and the doctor came into the room with the scan uh, paper and looked at me silently. And I said, why is he so silent? Why is he not smiling? And he said, Ramon, I don't know if you're going to ever play football. So I got my face went first down. Without a doubt, I would start to cry because I thought I really, my career is finished. You know, we took talking 28, 29 years old. you still had another five, six years or something like that, you know? So, um, but on the game, I just didn't want to miss that game, as simple as that. We had three weeks in a row, I think every three days a game. We had the league, obviously the Premier League to play, we had the quarterfinals finals of, of the League Cup, the semi-finals, quarters and semi-finals of the FA Cup, and the semi-finals of the League Cup and the league again. So we had about six, seven games before the game. So can you imagine the, the pressure I put already to the feet to the, to the, with these three weeks? Unbelievable. Yeah, wow not knowing it and I remember three days before even go to the car just walking there that was an agony and I said this this doesn't sound good you know and I said I don't want to miss now the Sunday cup can you imagine Wembley stadium everybody talks about it it's the cup final the Spurs never won a league cup final or even a medal for the last 10 15 years and you've done everything to get there and you're not going to be there it's impossible. My mind was like, impossible. I don't care. I took the Give me painkillers. Give me everything. I'm just going to do everything. And on the day, even on the day, I was still worried I'm not going to play because on the warm-up, I was in pain. And I said, this is going to be 10, 15 minutes. I'm going to let down the manager. I'm going to let down the, the team because, you know, I mean, you're in pain and you're not 100%. percent you might some of the tackles. You're not going to go in because you're in pain. You're like, Really, if your feet are such a pain and sensitive, you don't go into the tackle. No. You say, okay, I'm going to go off. So I was very worried on that side. So, my mind was like going crazy. But my mind was so determined. I won that cup final, league cup of the medal. That was my only concern. Because of that, I actually played. If I didn't have it in my mind, no way in 100 million years I would play that game. Just for did you have to tackle? Do you remember having a tackle in the game? When it was... That's, that's what. what I, if I'm looking back, talking about, it, I'm even surprised I actually done such a tackle at the time with Uh-oh. the pain. That I remember standing up after the tackle. The, you don't even know. The, I couldn't even describe the pain after the tackle because I, I really was giving everything at that time. Because first of all, it was painful to run. Just go on the big fella Heskey. Can you imagine? Oh, Heskey He's as well. Tall guy. And you're running because Saul Camel has been taken away. So, can you imagine these two bu- big boys? Saul Camel has been, all right, go away, mate. <laughs> kind of scenario. I mean, yeah. he, he's passing through it, and I said, oh my God, just me and him. If you let him through it, that means it's, it's 1 nil for Leicester in that point. Yes. So, just before the 18 yards box, I was just running like an absolutely lunatic pain and just had that tackle. And personally person was happy, gone. But then when I was on the floor to stand up, Whoa! Different planet. Stars came from yeah. pain to pain, and then I think that Alan Nielsen done the score. That for me that was like a wild liberation in terms of I, I wanted to go out straight away. I said, "Jordan Graham, get me out now." One 0 is done. I'm out just five minutes ago because I couldn't walk anymore. It's done. He it was done. Ninety minutes. I'm done. finished. and I still today think I'm absolutely nutcase even doing yeah. such a such a game risking my career to start with uh, and for what potentially can you imagine you lose the game i would absolutely not feel you know i would absolutely go even today I'd go crazy about it you know i was it for uh
1: i was it for two and a half years with my uncle, big man so i know that pain and how you managed to do that i'll never know
2: uh, but today i can look to medal every day it's nice good memories. Yeah. You know, you can look back. Uh, and I always say, uh, as a football player, it's one thing is to be part as a team. Two, be part the top of the leagues. But the most important is to have medals when you finish. Yeah, to win Because these are things where nobody can take away from you. You yeah. can buy it. You can't buy it. Impossible. It's not been given to you. Impossible. You have to earn it. And you have to win it as a team. And I think this is, for me, always very important. Whatever medal it is, you're winning for a, for a club, uh, it's, its memory never goes away. Money comes and goes but the medals that stay with you all the time. With that Swiss bank account you've got, you can buy it and you want. Well, Swiss bank are not worth it anymore, mate.
1: <laughs> uh, how was the celebrations after that? Was it an on-top bus? Was George Green,
2: does George Graham celebrate in the dressing room? Does he oh, yeah. yeah we had he had ball, of course, George Graham, it, he always likes to celebrate when he wins, you know. I think um, you can see his character when he, when he wins. He was very happy as well. We had a grand celebration. We, the whole team, you know, the whole club for them was an unbelievable be- uh, 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 achievement, you know, that more than 10 years, I think they not won any cup. I think 89 uh, at the time, uh, if you look yeah. back, you know, that's, that's a long time to win any medal for Spurs versus big club, you know. I think the fans were over the moon on that day because it was a great day out to start with, and then winning at Wembley because Wembley is kind of like Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, their cup uh, uh, kind of team, you know. And Wembley's kind of you're always most likely winning if you're at Spurs, you know. Yeah, but then to go home and and winning. And have a medal, I think the fans were over the morning. For us, we had just have a normal... I think we didn't sleep the whole night. Actually, I couldn't sleep because I was in pain. And number two, I was actually uh, called up for the national team next day straight away. So oh. it was not like I can do quite a lot of celebration. I, I really needed to get my luggage, six o'clock flight to Switzerland already. Uh, and straight away to the doctor to scanning. And that's why I got my result on that day. On Monday, I was... On that week, I was in a bad, bad. Highs and lows of football, big money. Within 24 hours, you're up there. Next day, you're like in a completely different place where the love of your life in terms of football is gone in two seconds. Yeah. And that was was not nice, I would say. That I think it was a tough, tough, tough uh, period at the time, you know, just even to go, come back again, you know. But the hope, because I needed to wait good eight weeks to even re- realise or know that even I can play, continue to play football. Because these eight weeks, the doctor has to monitor if the, the bones healing together again or not. Right. Wow. If it, within these six weeks, it's not starting to heal together, that, he would say there will be game over. So these eight weeks were one of the most worried, darkest players I've ever been. I can't imagine, I can't imagine. So nice. it's oh, so nice. Please tell me that Ian Walker got the white limousine after the cup final again. It's again? Ian Walker, I know. Um, I, I don't know. I have to be honest. I have no <laughs> clue. He, he might have done it. He might have done it. Listen, yeah. I needed to go back to Switzerland earlier, you know, so he might have done it, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Ian Walker, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a funny guy. He's a nice guy, actually. Very nice guy,
0: Yeah.
1: You said that about the eight weeks, the, the darkest of your, of your career. Was it that ankle injury that kind of curtailed your, your, um, your career at Spurs?
2: Uh, yeah, partly I would say, to be honest with you, because uh, I think, first of all, I was about a year or two years still in the contract and out of the year and a half or two, I would say nine months, took me even to get back fit, mm. i.e. recovering. I think I needed to have two operations because the first was not really done properly, so I really needed to open again and go to, I needed to go to Germany, actually, to do an operation at the time. Uh, and, and it took me nearly nine months to be back in training and, and, and be fit. And that nine months, you know, in football, that's like okay. more than a season nearly, gone, yeah. you know? Uh, and the manager obviously has to look for other center half at the time. And that's why I missed quite a lot, you know? And to come back from that, it was very difficult. I still played uh, and came back, but it took me another six months to get to the to the level. And I think Celtic was very lucky because I came just in a very good fitness level after nearly over six months big back from Spurs and kind of kept fit. And that six, seven months with, with Celtic, I think was my best time in football again. I really enjoyed my football again because I think that's why I always sang Celtic because I wish for me, that was like a hope hope was back again and actually winning... Travel on top of that. I'm sorry, I can't go back. That's a better comeback than that. I can't have you know. Yeah, did you initially knock Celtic back? Is that true? Hmm? Did you initially knock Celtic back before you um, went initially? There was a summer request. I wouldn't say I would say no, but I don't, I didn't know. Um, first of all, well, I don't think it was serious enough at the time, offer.
0: right?
2: Or the request, it was rumors. Inquiring, but there was not an official say, Hey Ramon, are oh, you going to come to, up, to us, Celtic, to play? That materialized later on around November, December time, where then really you, Martin what? O'Neill. Uh, Martin Is Martin Yeah, yeah we, we met also. We met up in London, of course, you know, and then I think there's no doubt he convinced me within that 30 minutes conversation in the hotel, and, and I said, Thank you very much, up in Glasgow. How does he manage to do that? Because we've had a few people on who said Martin O'Neill is very convincing.
1: Obviously, you're at a massive club in Spur, at Spurs. How does Martin O'Neill convince you to come up to Scotland and
2: sign for Celtic? I think Martin O'Neill doesn't have to convince too much with major words and everything else. I think Martin O'Neill, as we know, he's, he's his own character as a manager, to start with, as a personality, in the way I think he talks. I think uh, uh, I think he, he has the seriousness that if... If he wants you he, he doesn't have to talk too much in pursuit you know he he shows you immediately that uh, that's it you're my player you know and and if you feel that and you and you hear that then i think you don't have to talk too much with, with, with him you know of course uh uh for him i think uh, it was a fantastic uh, uh move because i think it, i done the job for him right in the beginning from the first game you know, arriving to uh, Celtic Park and and scoring two goals right in the beginning. So, I think you can't have a better start at Celtic than this. You know, I was a young player at Celtic when Martin O'Neill was the manager, and all, all those young
1: players thought he could be quite strange. Was was it same for you as as a first team players? He
2: he was he was what? He could be quite strange. He he'd be quite strange himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, yeah. I, I don't know. How strange you thinking is strange, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh,
0: uh, yeah, he,
2: he was a different character. You, he, he, I think he, he was more distance person within. I, I, would, I would describe a more distance point of view. I don't think she was during the week on the pitch. I think uh, Stevie Wolfe, uh, Rob Robbie. These two, uh, they were fantastic, these two. They're, yeah, uh, They were absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. I think these are the backbones on, on Martin and Lee's uh, kind of uh, coaching staff because they really melt kind of the, 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 the players together and and and, 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 and they're always on the pitch. They were like part of the team as a player. Yeah. You know? uh,
1: used
2: to join in training, didn't they? We used to join in training. Yeah, 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 Brody, Yeah, always, absolutely. And he said, like, we always take the joke because he had, he loves to have a little fag, you know? Like, <laughs> always Steve, after Steve the game. Ofer, you know, like, Steve Wolfen's very funny, isn't he? i tell you what, even on his age, he, on the flank, absolutely no doubt with the crossing it. He was superb. I was you John Robertson? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, he, he was absolutely precise. Even with, on his age, you know, half of... Leg, you know, he still could actually do the job, you know. Uh, But he was a character, fantastic guys, you know. And uh, yeah, Martin O'Lee was, I think, I I don't think she ever I saw him during the week on the training session, you know. (laughs) 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 On Thursday or Friday, he arrived. He said, okay, that's uh, a little bit of five or six we're going to do. And then waiting for the next day if you're on the team or not. That's pretty much a little bit of for Martin O'Lee. And then, obviously, pre on the dressing room, that's where you start to talk about. Certain tactics, uh, free kicks and, uh, and so on, you know. But Stevie Wolfen and Robson are the guys who have really done the job there, you know. Stevie
1: Wolfen, he was a centre-half
2: at Arsenal, wasn't he? So, yes. would, he be, would he help you at the centre-half? Yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. Stevie Wolfen, fantastic. You know, He was uh, a centre-half. He, he was great because we he, he were training with John Mialby, myself, Van Gaal. And we had the three at the back, can you imagine? For, yeah. Can you imagine the day, yeah? We will be in the Champions League now again, you know? <laughs> we will lose against Ferran Varos, you know? Huh? <laughs> uh, who, who impressed you straight away at Celtic? Who stood out player-wise? Huh? What players impressed you at Celtic? I think, you know the guy on the right, I'll um, oh, pronounce his name again, uh, the right, uh, it's not, his right back right winger. He came in against Ferran Varos in the second half, I think. He was bombing down the, the flank. Oh, Frimpong? Plamco, yes, yeah, yeah. He's, no, I mean, I mean, when you went to Celtic, who impressed you? I, oh, am I? I yeah. Am I? Oh, who was impressing me at the time? Is, yeah. Uh, listen, we can only mention one name. Larson. Who do you think? Kane Larson, of <laughs> course. Of course. And uh, I'll tell you what. it was great, as a, on a, from a centre-half perspective point of view, okay? It was great to have, obviously, Henning Larson at the front, because you knew, whatever happens, it was cool.
0: <laughs>
2: yes. Why, somehow it would do, but I have to say this: well, the combination with Chris Sutton mm. together, it was great because Chris Sutton is a big fella, can hold the ball quite well and we tried to chip it always to him on, on the chest and obviously Henry Glasson spinned off Henry Gl- uh, Chris Sutton all the time and I think these two together was a very good combination, a good kind of uh, way from the centre up, we felt almost secure because we never thought the ball comes back. We knew it's going to stand there. We can actually push up, you know, and, and we always knew handed glass it was go And uh, there's not that. Pien Larson is, uh, was a fantastic player.
1: Yeah, uh, we often interview players who go to Celtic and Rangers and they're blown away by the size of the club. Was there a moment that that happened to you when you went to Celtic? How early on was it that
2: you realised how big a club it was? I heard of it, as you say, we always hear about it and you you read about it, you you see in Sky or all the TV channels, you know, sports channels about the Celtic, how big it is and et cetera, you know. But you don't don't realize until you're a player and you're signing for them. Uh, Once you walk into that Celtic Park or walk out the Celtic Park tunnel, then you realize that is paradise. It's an different planet. Uh satipa, it just it's very difficult to describe as a player. You know, it's 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 you get goosebumps just coming out that tunnel when you're just from the warm-up and you can hear the whole nearly 50, 60,000 people absolutely supporting you. Uh, it, it, that's you when you realize wow, this club is beyond a club. This is mm. absolutely uh, 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 one of the biggest club in the world in terms of everything. To be honest with you, that I can com- comfortably say that the Celtic fans would be more than proud and, and uh, about it because they really are uh, one of the best club in terms of fan base. One, but also as in- impression in terms of club as well.
1: See, uh, is he just on Martin O'Neill? Have you got any good, like good funny, funny stories or memories of him? Team talks,
2: Martin O'Neill. Oh. Or... Not much, you know, he's has got reserved in some, some, sometimes, you know. Yeah, he, he, he I think, of Lil Lennon and him talking together, I don't understand one single word, but uh, that's another <laughs> question, you know. <laughs> oh, oh Lil Lennon is, uh, he was a fantastic guy as well. I loved to play with him, he was a great man, absolutely fantastic, you know. I'm very happy he's at Celtic and he's a coach there as well. He's, uh, yeah, I, I had some great fun memories for him as well, you know. I think. The team we had that time, we really, really had fantastic bond. It was like, as I say, I arrived to the club within weeks. I, I felt like I was there already three years. Yeah. I was not feeling kind of uh, I was a stranger or you know, part of the team. Really, the, the team had character, personalities, Chris Sutton always... Take it to Mickey from everybody in the dressing room. Absolutely. Alan Thompson as well. Yeah. <laughs> these two. And I know. I remember the beginning, the first two weeks, they were trying to wind me up all the time, you know. So I'm on do the, these you know, what hang up. Why are you crossing that? Why are you the long ball, you know? And then the Scottish players came to me and said, listen, mate, don't worry about it. The foreigners in this dressing room are these two English guys.
0: <laughs>
2: I said, all right, perfect, fantastic. I'm part of the Scots, you know. I'm I'm safe, you know. But yeah, yeah. We, we had some punch, we had some uh, always kind of a joy, and I think that was part of of those area and team uh, the success as well, because you know we respected each other uh, in, in many ways, of course. Remember, when we were on we're on the pitch, I think um, there's no doubt uh, we wanted to win, and we had. Only winners on that on that pitch. Uh, could Sutton could be quite dry, couldn't he? Mm, again, Sutton could be quite dry. Quite oh yeah, cutting well. you know, very, very right. tell you, why you can very direct and dry in terms of the wine up. You know, kind of really because oh, is he mean this seriously or is he <laughs> joking? You so don't know where, where where he goes. You know, but uh, listen, he he was a great character. You know. Smart guy as well, and same time. He was um uh, uh you now indirectly kind of a leader within the team as well, you know. You can yeah. see that, you know, because he had he had his own way of doing it. not the guy he was screaming and all that stuff, but he's he you know, his part was obviously winding up people a little bit, of course, you know, taking the pan panther with them. And I and I think that melted everybody together a little bit, you know. And then I think um from that point of view, I think he's uh, you know, a fantastic guy You know, I think he's now in the media guru, I think. Oh, he's running the media. He runs the media up here. He's uh, up there in the media guru there. He's great. I think he's doing well. But that's great. I'm always happy for other players uh, done, doing something after playing football. You what know? well, about
1: uh, in the dressing room? Anyone else you were quite
2: close with at Celtic? Who else were you quite friendly with? Uh, at the time, you know, Bobby Petter was also there. Uh, uh, Didier Agat as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a Speedy Gonzalez. Bloody hell, he was a gazelle. Very fast, this guy. Wow. He he was... He was good. And... Torres um, was uh, a Madrid, uh, Madrid as well. He was super... Uh, skillful as well, I think. Yeah, no. Roman well, Avchek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He was a great guy. Very skillful as well. Super skillful, you know. Um, and... Um, I think that's it, you know. Tom- Alan Thompson, I think Alan Thompson. He was, he was the, the English team, you know, we call it, the two boys, yeah. you know, Alan Thompson and Chris Sutton. These two always a little bit kind of, we on the panther all the time, you know. Um, and uh, he's a little bit Geordie boy, you know, Alan Thompson. Yeah. He's, he's also kind of a boy, you know. Uh, we had some great characters. There's not that mate.
1: Was it, you know how you said about Martin Neal on a Friday, was it Young V. old was player would it be
2: Foreigners versus British. We've done we done that sometimes, you know. Uh, foreigners against the British. So the British, the English, were not part of the British, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so have this Scotland. That's it, you know. Uh, and yeah, we 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 sometimes we had that mixture there. There was uh, some great battles on Friday. In, I'll tell you what. Yeah. And that's the day before the game. Normally, you don't go in hundred percent because you don't want to get injured beforehand, you know. I tell you what, mate. There were some battles there on that Friday, yeah. and uh, you were saying, "Well, yeah, the match is tomorrow. Hold on, hold on. The rocks as well, even Stephen Warford. Guys, stop it. Don't go into like mad, you know." Yeah. But that shows we were winners. We were mm-hmm. we were competitive, even on small five-a-side games. We, we just like didn't take it for granted. Even it was on a on a Friday after uh, uh, lunchtime having a training session. We wanted to win. That's it, yeah. you know. I remember there was only one rule on a Friday. Don't kick Henrik. Yes, pretty much, yeah. pretty much, pretty much. And that was always taken to me because he was playing against me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> me, all right, do, the, do whatever you need to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and right. The first two weeks, I didn't, I didn't know these rules. So I'm the oh, centre-half. I don't really care. I'll go for it, you know. That's it, you know. Oh, what, what did I get there from Robbie? Oh, my God, from Robson and Steve Wolff at the Exit. Oh, well, because you because you smashed Larson. Well, I went into it, you know, proper, you know, into and Really, it was nearly flying away. And <laughs> Hendrick, Hendrick is, you know, he's a light boy as well, you know. He's not like yeah. big, you know. So, um, uh, that's it. After that, I knew that I can't touch uh, Mr. King, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing.
1: Uh, as you said, mate, your first debut, Full House at Celtic Park versus Aberdeen. Doesn't get any better. Two goals. Did you fall in love with
2: the place straight away? Huh? Two. <laughs> uh, it, it was great. Listen, how can you can you imagine you joining any club? You never trained with them. Actually, never trained. Not one minute. What you, you never was... trained? You just went out and played straight away. Listen, I uh, flew uh, on Friday afternoon to Scotland. Done that, whatever, you know, arrived at Celtic, signed off, you know. There's no training session on Friday, of course. Saturday's kickoff, three o'clock. So you've got, you're joining them straight to the hotel. day before the game, you always join the hotel. So you start to get to know, hello, how are you? Chris Sutton? King, you know, you know, you're new. You're a new guy in the team. You yeah. know? But in no, no way I would thought I'm going to play or start. How? You know, <laughs> nobody would think that you never train one day or even two days so I was like okay I'm on Saturday uh, go there prepare myself so I actually slept well because I was not nervous because I, I didn't know I'm going to play or not you know so lunchtime finished and then Martin finished on the team sheet Roman Baker and I, sort of, I went to Stevie Wolf and he said Something wrong here? Is it he sure? I'm on the first team? I'm not on the bench? No, you're starting. <gasps> really? And they say, what? are you looking so surprised or what? No, 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 no. I, I didn't train these guys. I don't even know the names of them, most, most of them. I'm not joking. I have no clue. No. Some of the names of them. Absolutely no clue. So like, okay, who's who, who's who? So I'm starting for the first two hours of warm up kind of scenario before the game. It's like, who's who in the in the game, you know? And... And I was, then I started to be very nervous because I was by surprise. We just go, yeah, go in the court water, swim. And it's healthy Park on top of that. 60,000. Everybody's it. expecting you. <laughs> Can you imagine? Obviously, first game, you're joining from Spurs. Everybody expecting, obviously, you're going to do well, you know, or not, you know, in this case. And I said, oh, goodness me. What a pressure I have now already. Wow. So... And I had no clue about Aberdeen either, so a little bit from talking to the guys and the boys, who are there and who who, whatever it is. And so anyway, I, I walk out to the Celtic Park, and they said, "Whoa, I got goosebumps already. Whoa, this is this is big here, sixty thousand, a lot of people." So I was like, "Whoa, I better be good today. Okay. <laughs> you know? Don't do any mistake as a centre half, you know." And and then the game starts. And boom, first goal, second goal, and, said, me. and then I was more than relaxed. And then I said, that's it. I'm part of the team in a yeah. way. And I felt relaxed. But until then, I was super nervous. You would not imagine how nervous I was. It was unbelievable. That's amazing. Too. You played at the top level with Spurs and you're still nervous. I was playing for Celtic. Celtic is a big club, yeah. man. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and not training for them. You don't know the teammates. You have no clue who you're playing with. You know, you don't know if they're okay. You know they're right foot, left foot, but you don't know because when you are train, you have got to know the place, where to put the ball and everything else. Yeah, no clue. You just instantly have to play the game. You know, Paul Lambert, uh, Neil Lennon was front of me. I don't know how to play to this guy if they want the ball uh, short or long. So uh, within 90 minutes, I need to get used to it with the whole team. Uh,
1: your first uh, Celtic Rangers game. Hampton Park League Cup semi-final, 3-1-1.
2: What do you remember of that day? It's one of the major memories, you know. Uh, walk, uh, you know, Winning and going to the finals for Hampton Park, you know. Um, what can you say? Winning against Rangers is something you, <laughs> as a Celtic player, it's a must, you know, to start with. And it's a memory to keep forever, you know. And I think it's a season where we actually beat pretty much most of the games against Rangers. As a Celtic player at the time, um, so I only had some great memories winning against them. You know, I don't have bad memories against Rangers, uh, and it was a very important year for the club, for the fans as well. It was, cut, you know, the run of nine consecutive, I think, uh, years for Rangers at the time, and we we and we pretty much cut that by winning the league uh, at the time, also also winning the cup and the league cup as well. So. You know, it's uh, you know, winning against Rangers, it's it's a very very special uh, match always as a Celtic player, very very special. You spoke about the build-up the week before. Did you enjoy that, or, or, oh, or did you hate it? Oh, absolutely! Uh, first of all, the fans uh, watching about fifteen hundred, two thousand fans watching the training session on a daily mm-hmm. basis, absolutely crazy. Still, I don't know now. Where, you know, you have to walk from Celtic Park across to the other side there. Um, the battlefield, I, no, that's gone. They're, I know, I know, from there now, yeah, I know, it's gone there. I know, but that's the whole you know, We used to walk through the street, you know, for the site, you know, and then there were even on, on on the garden, you know, they've got a wall in there, they were on the top of the wall, the pits and everything, watching down and everything before the game, you know, a week before. You just feel the town, Glasgow, was absolutely down. I couldn't wait for the Saturday, you know, yeah. you could even go to Glasgow if you're a coffee during the day or uh, such, you just feel all the glass vision, you know, it's can't way to, to the game, you know. It was unbelievable for the city. It's, it's crazy, such a game, you know. But one memory is when I was walking back with Lina and I for a training session, exactly on the week on that, uh, that, that game, suddenly two guys with a few masks on and standing in front of us, Tiny guys, not big, tiny guys. Yeah. Neil and me is just there and Neil and say, Ramon, do not say anything. Just walk. Don't react. Just don't do anything. No way. And I never heard Neil be so serious about it. The boy suddenly got serious, you know. You know, he's taking the Mickey On the way back, you know, the dressing room, you would just but suddenly, Ramon, don't say anything, just walk. And walk as quick as you can <laughs> let's call it that. and i said and then these guys with two guys standing for us and putting obviously their arms up and everything else and a very heavy Irish accent of course you know i had no clue what they were saying but i can imagine from where they're coming what they were trying to say you know and but for me it was a new at the time and very scary because I never see Neil Lennon so serious about it, you know? Yeah. And so we walked very slowly and then security guards at Teddy Park, I don't know if Jimmy's still there, the small guy he, he, at the time, and he said, goodness me, I can actually guard you, not me, <laughs> you me. <laughs> 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 and, and he said, we come back straight away, we, we walked straight into the, the dressing room and he said, well, what was that all about? And obviously Neil explaining me, of course, at the time, I think... I'm not sure if you heard the time, he was also uh, scared against him in terms of, you know, worried about Neil Leland himself, you know, uh, in his home, he was needed to have security and everything else. And these two guys, obviously, I think they wanted to, yeah, uh, scare us a little bit, to be honest, In the same time. Of course, in the same time, you have to take it seriously because, you know, people like that, you never know, so, you know, and I understand... The history behind it, all of that, you know. But for me, it was a very a new experience, you know. And then, yeah, of course, I hope we never go back to this this, this history. Of course, you know, that's the, that's a key part. But I think this is one of the, the key stuff I actually experienced during that derby. The importance between Celtic and Rangers, how important uh, uh, actually is, you know, uh, and and people don't realize how much uh, uh, has involvement that. Uh, you know, non-football in a way. Sometimes, you know. Uh, see, when you won the League Cup final, did you feel pressure to finish the job of the treble? Like, would, would you speak in the dressing room? We can win the treble here. Win the League Cup final of yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Before the game or after the game, are you thinking? After the game, after you'd won it, did you did you did the boys say amongst themselves, "Let's go win the treble"? Absolutely. Now then, we believed it. Of course, you know. Once, once we had. Um, uh, that in, in the hands already, and they you know what, it's one to go. How can we not miss that, you know? So we needed to go to, and do that. And uh, we were more motivated and we had the choice to do it. And, and I think it was a historical as well. And as I say, for us as players, and me personally, if I, can, if I gain a history with Celtic, that's what I've done with them, having a treble, winning with them, um, I'll go for it. And uh, I was very lucky to be part of such a team at that time, you know. And the last one you were waiting on was the Scottish Cup. Do you remember the build up to that game? Obviously, knowing that if we'd won the game, the treble was in the bag. Ah, yeah, that's That game was uh, in a way we were already in the back kind of thinking, yeah, it's always a cup final. You never know which way it goes, you know. Uh, uh uh, but we were, I would say, so confident from from the whole season that we already done. we already had some trophies in our hands, listen. You know what? This is going to be for us. We have to go through it, you know. And, that, and we had a, a very good build-up, very confident. And that's why also we, we won that game, to be honest with you, to win that trophy. And it was fantastic. Uh, was your future still undecided before the game? Were you not sure whether you were staying or going? That time, I had no clue if I stay or not. I didn't know until for long after uh, uh, the season was finished. Pretty much, I was waiting, I was hoping, frankly saying, that I'll get a call or say, listen, yeah, we can give you an offer. or I haven't even had have an offer. That's that's the disappointing point of view. If you had at least an offer and I say, okay, it's maybe less or more, whatever it is, you know, I can say, okay, you know what, I like the club, I want to stay here, I'll go. But I, don't, I didn't have even an offer on the plate. So as a human being, as a player, you need to look after your future. If you don't have an offer, that means you... These guys don't wanna, don't want you to to sign a continue, or they have other plans, you know. And the uh, that means you have to look uh, further and go somewhere else, you know. So there was never a conversation with you and Martin O'Neill about staying there. No, no, never all about this. Never no, really. No, no, not really. Yeah. saying, okay, we're planning with you. We we plan we do or something like nothing like that. And I was, anyway, a little bit disappointed because I thought I done my job for the club and for the manager. I would say, extremely well. Uh, I think the, the center backs we were you know very strong. We knew on Melby, Van Gaal and myself, three as we're we talking, well, understanding we understand each other, we were strong and we were super strong at the back, you know. So, so I was a little bit uh disappointed, but here we go, it is football, you know. Yeah, as you say, you won the cup final comfortably. Uh, where does that day rank in your career? Winning in the treble, the treble or the cup final, the treble, well, yeah, the treble, yeah. Ah, uh, the treble in my career is number one, without a doubt. It's, uh, you, you, uh, you know, treble, you don't win nowhere in the world, to be honest with you, you know. Uh, uh, only in big clubs, you know, Real Madrid, potentially, the Bayern Munich, you know, they've done it this year, you know, or, you know, and I think I qualify Celtic in that level as well uh, uh, to be a big club, you know, when, if you want for a big club like Celtic in treble, that has to be, without a doubt, the number one memory and experience in the world, you know. Can you remember how you, the team celebrated winning the Treble? That's a long time ago, man. Uh, I think we were at Celtic Park at the time. Yeah, uh, one of the functions there after the game. It was great, you know. All the three cups were on display at Celtic Park. It was nice, you know. Uh, small, medium, and the big boy, you know. <laughs> so, I uh, still have pictures around that and that, that kind of uh, area as well. i always time I look into it. Uh, it's fun memory because uh, happy happy times of the time and then for the club as well. So, yeah, uh, we had some good, good party there. Very good party. Long, long, long night, let's call it that. Uh, See, so when, you,
1: when you, no, you decided, but when you knew you were going to be leaving Celtic, how did Martin O'Neill take the news?
2: I don't think he took it too any, I think, because be honest, we didn't have any conversation there afterwards. It just didn't say anything. Uh, because we didn't have him in touch in the first place. It didn't go in touch with him pretty much to give me an offer or something like that. So I think uh, people go part away. way. That's it. Simple as that. Each one has his own way to go. And I, I then went down south uh, for the time, unfortunately. Uh, uh, but I needed to look after my future. Uh, I didn't have an offer or any conversation to be or stay at Celtic. So. It's very clear. I have to look forward for my future. You know, so you win the you win the treble
1: Scottish Cup. You just finish there, go home, and you never hear again. That's it. That's it. Yeah.
2: Yes. Strange, yeah. Very much, yeah. Yeah. Very, very strange. Yeah. See so, uh,
1: looking back now, I know it's easy to say, but do you wish that you maybe did stay at Celtic?
2: Of course, I was mentioned at the time already. I want to say I'm, I want to finish here the career. Yeah, I would have done. You know, if if he. Already by winning the league or we will, or the second cup, I already said, listen, there's no doubt I want to stay here. You know, if he puts me a contract down, whatever terms of money, such at the time, and you have a, a project that I can stay there for, 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 for the rest of my career, I have no doubt I would say yes, to be honest with you, you know. But if you don't have anything in your hands, you're not going to run out the contract and be on the, on, yeah, not on the street, but, Without the, without the club so you need to make sure you can start the season somewhere and that, and have a contract you know you like Glasgow as you say? I loved it really nice really? where did you like where did you like going oh don't say the name, name anymore but um, it used to be they convert that bank into a restaurant bar what's it called I don't remember you don't remember Glasgow
1: oh uh, on George Square
2: yeah it's just a bank yeah it's, yeah yeah it would be an old bank you know Yeah, they converted that long. Well, that time actually, they converted that to a restaurant bar. So that's a nice place to go there. Yeah, just around that that area there. That was a nice Nice. place. Nice mate. Okay, Uh, and then Watford, a legend
1: in Gianluca Vialli. How was he to work under? How completely different,
2: mate! (laughs) Did you play against him when you were at Calgary? Yeah, when he was in Serie A, completely. Also uh, at Chelsea when he was at Chelsea as well. When I was a top, yeah. So uh, suddenly he's my manager, you know? So can you imagine? Uh, first of all, it was strange. And then um, it was strange because he had this Italian mentality. I, I was used to Italian at the time in terms of preparation, the diet, all of that, you know? So I think it came to a period of Watford where the guys at Watford, there were championships. Some of them do not even ever played championship or even leave alone Premier League at the time, you know? To come around to uh, such an Italian, modern way of running the team, you know, the diet yeah. and all that stuff, so these guys were absolutely everything new. And I think he wanted to change too much too quick. Uh, and I think that's uh, a little bit uh, got uh, not in the right direction. The team didn't really function properly. It was too much individual. I had exactly the opposite of what I had at Celtic. Something we were a team. We were melting our a team. We understand each other. At Wofford was the opposite. It was like each one was a player. It was not a team. Um the manager wanted to change too much stuff where some of the players didn't react obviously the same way because they're not got used to it. There's not, you know, you can't just for one day to another make a new diet, you know. And the guys used yeah. to have a fry up, and have a fry-up. That's simple as that, you know. But um that, that was a shame, and, and from my point of view, uh, it was mentally very difficult as well, because I, I really enjoyed Celtic, really wanted to stay in Celtic. Yeah. And when I was first time wearing these uh, Watford shirts, I, was, I felt very strange, because I was so used to the green-white.
1: Yeah, that's quite strange only, having only been there for six months, isn't it?
2: That's what I'm, I'm uh, that's what I try to say. People, these six months, I say sure, but for me it, it was it was like four months four years nearly. Yeah.
0: Like
2: very it was so intense. The six months. You can't describe the people, it was more than three to four years, you know. So and coming to, to Watford to to have that show, I needed to get used to first. I it was I would say I, I, if I look back, I, I would say I was very low a little bit because I was I was missing something, <laughs> to yeah. be honest with you. A lot of people say when the league say like they
1: miss that pressure of playing in front of 60,000, having to win every week to go to Watford
2: say, and, and there's not the he same might, expectations he on you. Might, he, might, he, might, he, might, that he has definitely an impact on that. Yeah. Because I think I was a player, I like to play on pressure, pressure. Very much. The more yeah, pressure you, you put to me on, or, or the bigger the question is uh, as, a, as, as, a, as a, an event, the better I'm, I'm in, on, on the pitch, to be honest with you. But then I have the opposite. The less, the equation is yeah. more without underestimating, you call it, okay? Well, I think that my concentration will potentially be less, let's call it that, you know? So I will be saying I'll be more big game equation player than small player, a team. Yeah. you know? Just little Watford, Elton John was the chairman at the time. Did you, did you get to meet him? Yes, of course, many times. He always, How is he as a guy? What's he like? Hey, small guy, tiny little guy, you know? <laughs> With glasses, you know? <laughs> uh, no, that would be he loved to come uh, after the game to the showers, you know? <laughs> would he? Would you come in the dressing room? Of course, absolutely. He loved it, you know? All these young boys, you know? He loved it, you know? <laughs> would you he play the piano? No, piano? no, no, no. no. He <laughs> he it it, it it was always after the game coming into the dressing room or or private game as well. And yeah, he was a top guy. Uh it was a top guy. He's uh truly Watford fan. And at that time he, he put his own money into uh to to to, to do something with Watford. I think uh, you know, good for him at that time, you know. So he was a nice guy. But you know, financially the afterloods they the had an issue then, you know. Okay, by my last question, obviously
1: you've been into finance, but did you never think about going into
2: coaching and managing? Um of course, and my thought process was going through that direction. Uh done some uh, coaching patches as well. Uh, only the only one worth a pro, I don't not done it yet. Okay. Um but that's not uh, For the purpose i wanted to be a coach or a manager i think it's the purpose of to understand that side of 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 the football side because playing football as a player it's completely different to be a coach or a manager yeah and and i don't know if it adds something for me for my for me point of view i think it's more the administrative side of the football more running either a federation or a football club or be in the football industry you know be more yeah. part within the business side the administration side point of view that's for me point of view i'm more kind of uh, like it to do it than be the coach uh be on the sideline saying that i never tried in a professional way i've done a very good amateur point of view to see how i feel if i like it or so Yes, I like it, but I think I like the other part more, more the amateur yeah. side point of view and being running the clubs or FAs or so, you know. So that's more kind of a, the involvement. I'm actually the moment more, to be honest you, advising football clubs, advising football federations and associations within the financial structures and, and governings. So that's more kind of the direction I'm actually uh, going more, to be honest you. Brilliant. Thanks Thanks very much for your time. Really enjoyed that. No problem. Listen, right, guys. See, see you, man. See Take care. Cheers. See you, man. Thank Bye. you. Thank you
0: man. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers.